Welcome to Political Beatdown. Ben Micellis, Michael Cohen, a lot to discuss on today's episode. We are on verdict watch in the defamation case filed by Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss against Rudy Giuliani at the end of the trial during closing arguments. Rudy Giuliani's own lawyer compared Rudy Giuliani to a flat earther, basically said he's well past his prime and that you should all just take pity on him. I know he's acted horrendously, but please, please don't hit him with a verdict for tens of millions of dollars. Well, we are waiting on that verdict. We will keep you posted. Also, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals expedited the appeal of Donald Trump's claim for absolute presidential immunity. Donald Trump's motion to dismiss the indictment was denied by the federal judge, Judge Tanya Chutkin. And although Judge Tanya Chutkin has now stayed the proceedings before her, which was not great news, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals kind of swooped in there and gave an expedited briefing schedule where briefing will now be completed by January 2nd. So at most, we're looking at about a 45-day delay, but we will break that down. I want to hear about oral argument in a case involving Michael Cohen uh, from earlier in the day. And of course, the MAGA Republicans have launched a bogus impeachment inquiry into President Biden on what? When you ask the MAGA Republicans, they don't know other than the fact that they think this is what their voters want. This is unprecedented in American history to launch an impeachment inquiry without an underlying unlawful act. But nothing surprises us when it comes to MAGA Republicans. Mm. Welcome to the show, everybody. Michael Cohen, how are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm, as per usual, I'm tired. Uh, didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night, obviously. This Second Circuit uh, appeal was on today. I'm going to get into that in about a second, but I want to talk to you about something that you brought up, Ben, and I think I'm going to change your mind when you turn around and you say that it's not such great news about the stay in the Judge Chutkin case. That, of course, is the um, is the Jan it's the uh, Jack Smith uh, first case. I have a totally different take on it. So that case was supposed to begin trial on March 4th. And we all know that right now there are four indictments against the former president, the orange-crusted Mandarin Mussolini. Yep. And there's like a Ringling Brothers juggling contest as to who is going to go first, second, third, or fourth in what totals the 91 counts of charges that were brought against Trump. So now that there is this stay pending the Judge Chutkin case, what happens? The Alvin Bragg case goes to trial on March 25th, right? There's really, there is no delay at all, all right? Um, it's just a matter of who's going to go first. Now, the beauty of that case, the Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA case, is it is a very easy case to prove. There is not a lot of testimony that's going to be required. There's not going to be a lot of witnesses that are going to be involved. There's documents, and there's a handful, at best, of witnesses, literally between 
the prosecution and the defense. There's maybe a handful of, of witnesses. This case could be over in under six weeks from start to finish. What also makes this incredibly uh, interesting is the documents already speak for themselves. They're so, this case will move like grease lightning. All right. And then it's just going to be a matter of time in terms of the jury. So by the time that this case ultimately hears itself out in terms of the appeal for the decision, and let's say, because the DC Court of Appeals is somewhat slow, um, even if it takes four months, five months, what are we talking about? You're talking about a limited delay. By the time that case starts, the Manhattan DA case will not only be over, there will already be a determination. And if that determination is guilt, which I suspect it will be, but if in fact it's already determined uh, a, a decision of guilt, sentencing will already have taken place because sentencing is generally 60 days after the decision, right? It is perfect timing. There is no delay. Again, it becomes a juggling act of which case goes first, which case gets heard first. And now, now what will happen is this Alvin Bragg case will proceed um, first as opposed to going second or third. And you know what? It was always, in my opinion, it should have gone uh, first. It should have already been over now, uh, you know, had they listened to Mark Pomerantz early on. So I have a little bit of a difference of opinion there because I don't see this as dragging anything. All four of those cases have to be tried. So which one goes first, second, third, fourth? Who cares? It's a determination and accountability that we're all looking for. Yeah, I mean, look, the earlier in the day ruling came from Judge Tanya Chutkin. I think she made a very conservative order. I don't think she had to rule that way, but she looked at a recent Supreme Court case on arbitrability and staying a district court that denied a motion to compel arbitration, a case called Coinbase. She also looked at the Griggs Doctrine. She also looked at some of the text, not binding, it's called dicta, that was in the Blasting Game decision about how uh, presidential immunity, if it did apply, and Blasting Game rejected the concept of Donald Trump trying to assert it there, but if it did apply, it occupies everything. So it would affect discovery. It would affect all of the pretrial deadlines. So based on those data points, ultimately Judge Tanya Chutkin said that she was really constrained in what she can do. So she issued the stay. Not a great ruling, but that was, uh, many would say, the right ruling in that case. And she was not being ultra aggressive. And if she was ultra aggressive, while people may have cheered that on, it could have backfired in the long run. But then you had the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals within hours of that. And right after special counsel Jack Smith filed his final reply brief on this issue of expediting the schedule, I mean, like almost within an hour, I think, of Jack Smith filing his, here's the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, though, in the Washington, D.C. federal criminal case. Let me just pull up their order right now. And it says, look, Upon consideration of the motion to expedite the case, the opposition thereto, and the reply, 
it is hereby ordered that this appeal be expedited. The following briefing schedule will apply. Trump's brief, December 23. Special counsel Jack Smith's brief, December 30th. Trump's reply, January 2nd. So Cohen, I don't see the court dragging this multiple months. I think the court will set a oral argument sometime right around January 10th to January 15th. I think they'll hold oral argument. I think we can expect a ruling by the DC Circuit Court of Appeals by early February, the latest. And Mm -hmm. so that brings us from December 13th or December 12th to about, I want to say, February 15th. So you've got, you know, somewhere between 30 to 60 days right there. And then I think- Judge Tanya Chutkin, special counsel Jack Smith and Judge Tanya Chutkin want this case to go. And federal courts cases take precedent over state court cases. And I think that if it's close, Alvin Bragg's going to move his back and let Jack Smith go. He's already already said that he would do that. Um, The only difference in this specific case is I don't see the decision coming out of the D.C. Circuit Court uh, as quickly as you do. They are historically very, very slow. Regardless of the importance of this case, they're not going to treat this case any different than the other multitude of cases that are still sitting. I know people who are still waiting for decisions. It's six plus months already uh, from the D.C. Yeah, but those cases don't involve massive constitutional import. Look what they did with the gag order. They ruled on the gag order in under 30 days. Yeah, I understand. This It's a little different. That was a, a, a very limited topic and issue. This, I think, is much more significant. And I think that they're going to take their time with it. Let's assume that I'm wrong. And I hope that I am. It's okay. Let's assume that uh, that Ben is right on this one. Um, Perfect. I'm all good with it. And you are right. There's no doubt that Judge um, Mershon, in this case, will um, accede to uh, Judge Chutkin, federal over state. I'm all for that. Um, assuming that Michael is right and Ben is wrong. And I would assume that if I was you, Brigaders. Uh, I <laughs> I also believe here that the Alvin Bragg case will move forward and a decision will be made and a sentence will be had before that uh, Judge Chutkin case even starts. But you brought up something very interesting, and it involves my... Second Circuit Court of Appeals case today. Uh, I have to tell you, I thought my attorneys from the Gilbert firm in D.C. were beyond fabulous. John Michelle uh, Doherty uh, was beyond uh, fantastic. And I thought he did an incredible, incredible job in laying out not just the facts, but having at the tip of his fingers. He had the names and the of the cases, citations. He had it all. Um, there to respond to the three panel judges. Then government steps up, and boy, did they shit it up. What They were supposed to be given five minutes. They kept the government on uh, for something like 13 minutes, which was really, I mean, and then it was a lawyer. I never met the guy before. It turns out he's from my hometown. He's sitting directly behind me. He's like punching me in my fucking shoulder blade. He goes, dude, they're, they're, I can't believe how bad the government sucks. I'm like, shh. I want to listen, right? And then Alina Haba gets up. And this was fucking classic, classic. The judge in the in uh during her five minutes, by the way, 
They didn't even let her finish the five minutes. They were like, you know, we have nothing else. We have nothing else to ask you at like three minutes and 30 some odd seconds, which I've never seen happen before. I mean, they they just shut that shit right down. But they the judge, the presiding justice asked her, well, tell me how this case differs from the blasting game versus Trump case in making the argument. And Alina Haba, not unexpectedly, turns around and says, Salty, I don't know if you have the recording on it. If you do, stop me and play it because you cannot possibly believe what I'm going to tell you next. She goes, I'm sorry, Your Honor. I don't know that case. The judge says, blasting game versus Trump. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, I'm sorry, Your Honor, but, uh, you know, I don't know that case uh, to be able to discern the difference between the two. Now, just so that you all understand, Alina Haba goes out there on every possible opportunity to talk about presidential immunity. Okay. And blessing game turned around and it says United States district court for the district of Columbia considered whether former president Donald Trump is entitled to absolute presidential immunity from damages liability for allegedly inciting a riot at the U S Capitol. And it was determined that there is no such thing. He does not get presidential immunity for all acts present and past that are not part of the job description of the president. And she didn't know this, yet this is the, right now, this is the most important case on the topic that she just keeps spewing over and over and over again on any opportunity that she gets. And the the judge's face, I have to be honest, all three of their faces were just like, wow. Talk about being unprepared for this, which she was. Cohen, the Blasting Game case, this isn't like some ancient history. It was in the past 10 days Blasting Game came out. It's like a massive opinion that says, because Donald Trump's conduct relating to the insurrection involves campaigning and election activity, that falls outside of the outermost perimeter where absolute presidential immunity does apply in the Nixon versus Fitzgerald case. And lots of people say, that's so bizarre. Someone who's in the office of the presidency in a civil case like Nixon can fire somebody in a retaliatory way, but can get absolute presidential immunity for it. Yep, you can under the Nixon v. Fitzgerald doctrine. However, when it falls outside the outer perimeter, and the Nixon case was considered the furthest most outside perimeter because it still involved a task that presidents do hire and fire people in the executive branch. But because Trump's conduct involved the election, because it involved conduct outside of his official responsibilities, as you said, there is no absolute presidential immunity in civil cases. Now, What Judge Tanya Chutkin said, though, 
in the D.C. federal criminal case is that the entire concept of absolute presidential immunity, while it does apply in civil cases, and then you have to determine if it's within the outer perimeter or not, in criminal cases, it doesn't apply at all. And it doesn't apply because the text, the structure, and the history of our Constitution makes it so it would make no sense that someone can have absolute uh, immunity from criminal cases, then you would be a king. Our whole constitution was a reaction to that. And as Judge Tanya Chutkin said, presidents are not kings. So her ruling is that former presidents cannot assert absolute presidential immunity in criminal cases. But that's why Cohen, I think the DC circuit case, going back to what I said earlier, actually gets fast-tracked. Why? For the reason that you just said, Cohen, the D.C. Circuit just ruled in the past 10 days in blasting game, which says there is no absolute presidential immunity in civil cases. So this is a softball for them, because if there's no absolute presidential immunity in civil cases for Trump's conduct relating to the insurrection, clearly there's no absolute presidential immunity in criminal cases. So I actually think it's easier to resolve than the gag order case, which they resolved in 30 days because of blasting game. Michael Cohen, now you agree with me, huh? No, no. In <laughs> fact, uh, what we'll do is we'll do our standard $2 bill bet. Um, and it can't be a creased up, ugly looking one. Uh, and we'll see. And we'll let the brigaders, you know, obviously we will continue this conversation going forward. But I, while I believe that they could have a determination in the expedited fashion you refer, I don't believe that that is going to happen. Remember, because of this case, everything does take longer. Everybody wants to ensure that they get everything right um, and that it's not one that will ultimately, you know, get appealed to the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, it, th their goal, of course, is to delay, delay, delay. And Judge Chutkin and Jack Smith and the American people, our goal is to see uh, justice be served. Whether or not he's found guilty, that is up to the jury. Uh, and that's up to the, again, the facts and circumstances presented by both sides. I don't even want to start touching that. But this trial does need to start. And this delay tactic, as both Ben and I do agree, is going to put this case um, backwards as opposed to having it start on what was the anticipated March 4th date. Now, if I can, if I can just jump in for one more second and then just say how important my case, the Second Circuit case, is um, not just to me. We have heard time and time and time again the rantings of a lunatic mind, the rantings of an autocratic wannabe, the rantings of an individual who doesn't want to see himself as president, but rather the king, the monarch, the Fuhrer, the supreme leader. And I don't know, Salty, if you actually have it up and or if you have it even available. Donald put out on his, I think it was uh, Instagram or on his social media platform, he put up him staring. There it is. Look at this. Trump 2028, 32, 36, 40, 
44, 48. Is this not scary? Keep going because 2052, 56, I mean 60, 64. Of course, he'll be ant food by then. 80, 892, 2100, 2200. Wait, watch till the very end, my friends. And just take a look at this all the way to the year. Oh, look. <laughs> e forever. Could you imagine what anybody that says to be president forever is already expressing the same autocratic wannabe dictator king premise that Ben and I keep talking about over and over and over again? Point being, it's not us making the statements, it's us drawing to you, drawing the attention to the things that he is saying. That stupid little, whatever you want to call it, that little video of him is more telling than what people are understanding from it. They just, you know, want to make it seem as, oh, yeah, Donald Trump, you know, is going to be president, president, blah, 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 blah. First of all, it is the mindset, as we just said, of a king. And that's a problem. Well, look what he did last night also at Mar-a-Lago. We're getting some clips in from this speech that he gives there. And by the way, he's been saying this when he gives interviews. He's been saying this over and over again. Here, play this clip about him saying at Mar-a-Lago that he wants to be dictator for a day. Play the clip. Today, you see, they're calling me a dictator. They're saying, Trump wants to be a dictator. Trump wants to be. And you know how it started? He asked me a question. Please say you don't want to be a dictator. I said, no, I won't say that. I want to be a dictator for one day. I want to be a dictator for one day, he says. And as I said in response to that on, on Twitter or X, I said, I understand that Donald Trump keeps giving speeches saying that he wants to be a dictator for at least a day. But the bigger problem right now is that the stock market is at record highs, unemployment is at record lows, and the GDP growth is leading the world, which is a huge problem for President Biden and the Democrats. And of course, I'm being sarcastic there, but you have legacy media ignoring every time Donald Trump continues to say he wants to be a dictator, and they're not focusing on the positive news. Instead, you have the media continuing to put out, how do people feel this day? How do you feel the next day? How do you feel right now? Why are your feelings incongruent with the actual economic condition right now? Hey, ben, and let me ask you before you go to the next clip. I want each and every one of our brigaders to think about this statement for a very quick second. Who here, if they were king of the United States of America on Monday, would give that power up on a Tuesday? It's illogical. Trump knows it's illogical. People know it's illogical, but they don't talk about it. When was the last time you ever saw a dictator give up power? And the answer, never. The last dictator who gave up power was Saddam Hussein, who they hung. All right? Look, Trump is not joking there either, you know? No. And I know that legacy media and media and others want to try to fill in context. Oh. He doesn't really mean that. Yes, he does really mean that. Or they'll say, we don't, we shouldn't really pay attention to all, all of his words. He just kind of spews out stuff. Why? And Ben and I why? are saying, and Ben and I are saying, 
Pay attention to those words. Join us here each and every week, twice a week on Political Beatdown. Listen to all of the other Midas, you know, touch network um, podcasts or live streams in my Maya Culpa podcast, because the more that you hear, the more people that hear the truth, the more we keep reiterating the fact he does mean it, the more it will ultimately sink in and the more that the chances of him regaining the office of the presidency and destroying this country diminish. When has that ever happened with a, a leader before? Yeah, President Biden said that, but that, that's those are just words. Don't don't listen to the words that he says. Or uh, yeah, Obama's just saying that. That's not actually real. What he actually means. I mean, why does the legacy media treat this guy like 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 he's a third grade baby who who needs their help to contextualize things that don't have any context other than him wanting to be a Fuhrer. I want to play this clip right here from that same speech. This is what he's saying. He's, he's looking out at his audience there and saying, you're all rich, right? We're all rich here. Here, play this clip. Because you're all people that have a lot of money. I know uh, <laughs> 20 of you and you're rich as hell. <laughs> We're going to give you tax cuts. We're going to pay off our debt. We're going to do all of the things that we have. You're rich as hell. <laughs> I mean, you can't be more out of touch. You can't be more offensive. He says that he's going to get us out of debt. He's the one who added $8 trillion of debt. That is a basic fact. $8 trillion, more than 25% of all debt in the history of the United States under Donald Trump right, right there. You're all really rich, aren't you? I want to show you some of these. You know, but, but Ben, the it's the laughter by the crowd that I think offends me as much as Donald's statement. First of all, this country has taken so much money from the future generations to come that I don't understand how my children and grandchildren and God willing one day, you know, great grandchildren, I don't understand how they're ever going to pay it back. And all it's going to do is put more economic strain on this country. But yet he's talking to a group of individuals, the tenth of 1% of this country, and telling them, I'm going to give you tax breaks. Yeah, because they need a fucking another Bugatti in their driveway. They need another Ferrari, another vacation home, right? They need a second boat, and they need a second airplane. Could you imagine what you're talking about here? You're right. Talk about being completely detached from the reality of what 99% of America is going through right now. Completely detached. But here's the point I'm trying to make. Part of that 99%, the fucking idiots, the maggots I keep talking about with the four teeth and the three brain cells, they're cheering this idiot on as if it does anything for them. It does nothing for them. In fact, it puts them even farther behind the eight ball. And yet they're still, they're still gung-ho for Trump. He's running the country right now, in case you didn't know it. Donald Trump is the, you know, the country was doing great under Donald Trump. And when you present these idiots with the facts, whoa, whoa, whoa. let me just show you a document. And these are the metrics. And you leave off because you fold the paper backwards, Trump and Biden. And you ask them, which one of the two sides of this piece of paper 
is better. Which one would show a booming economy, a booming stock market, a um, reduction of unemployment? Which one would show an increase in jobs over the course of the of, of one year and then four years? Which one shows better? And unanimously, they point to the one, no surprise here, right? That is says Biden attached to it. And they're looking, they're like, no, no, the Trump administration was the best presidential. It did more for America than Biden has. Now, they can't tell you how. They can't tell you why. They can't tell you any of the facts other than, well, Trump has said that his economy was better. There, And I believe him. Look, the S&P 500 is now up 21.5% on the year. NASDAQ is up 39.5% for the year. If this was the Trump administration, we'd be hearing about those numbers every single day. On the front page of the New York Times and Washington Post, they would declare a golden age. And people would say, well, that's somewhat out of touch, though, because the stock market really isn't an indicator if wages are rising or how people are feeling who don't have money invested in the stock market. But here's the point. Under Donald Trump, that doesn't matter. They will praise the fact that the stock market is up as the metric and the media will buy into and the Republican Party will buy into Donald Trump's lie. If Biden came into office, the stock market will take. Well, that was absolutely false. The stock market's never been stronger. And by the way, right. wages are up. The GDP growth is the top in the United States of all G7 nations. Inflation is the lowest in the United States of all G7 nations. There's over 40,000 infrastructure projects up across the United States right now with serious, serious wages and better working conditions. And all of that is kicking in right now. And all I hear is the legacy media saying, here's why that is bad for President Biden. Even on the metrics, Michael Cohen, where Republicans yep. are supposed to be better, domestic drilling, all you hear is them say, drill, baby, drill, drill, baby, drill. Well, President Biden not only passed through major climate change initiatives, but there is more domestic drilling right now in the United States than in Trump, than any administration before, by every single metric, and yet we continue to be gaslighted that somehow this is supposed to be bad, and we're supposed to feel bad. I want to talk about that. I want to show you some clips from this Iowa event. I want to show you some more clips of Alina Haba having a very interesting approach uh, when it comes to the Supreme Court that's going to backfire. And then I want to show you the MAGA Republicans with this absurd impeachment impeachment inquiry where they don't even know what it is that they're actually investigating. We'll talk about all of that and more after this quick break. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Maid's bed sheets. 
Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver-infused fabrics inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. Miracle sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family. Who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious feeling bed sheets? And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one, just in time for the holidays. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our live listeners. Save up to 40%. And if you use our promo beat, B-E-A-T at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. That's great. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat and use the code beat to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle, T-R-Y-M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com slash beat, B-E-A-T, to treat yourself, a friend, or loved one on this holiday season. Happy holidays from our friends at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you that the celebrations are starting early this year? It turns out the perfect gift does exist, and who else to bring it down your chimney than the leaders in the blow the waist grooming? Keep calm and let your family jewels jingle this season with Manscaped's brand new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, featuring the new Lawn Mower 5.0. Watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice when you're going naughty by going to manscaped.com and use code BEAT for 20% off plus free shipping. Unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with Manscaped. The Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra is an incredible device. It's a smooth shave that's totally boosted my confidence in a way that I never thought possible. Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0 Ultra is the ultimate bundle for the man who deserves it all. Included in the special sack is the Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra, the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear and nose trimmer, Manscaped's liquid formulations, and two free gifts. Starting with Santa's number one helper, we have the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. The fifth generation trimmer features two next-gen blade heads, a standard trim blade for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go for that smooth finish wherever your heart desires. The Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker 2.0 Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate presence. 
Plus, both are waterproof, so there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. The Crop Soother Aftershave Lotion and the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafe Deodorant make sure that you're smelling fresh. The gift of Manscaped doesn't stop there. This bundle comes with two free gifts, Manscaped's Boxers 2.0 Premium Underwear and the Shed 2.0 Toiletry Bag. Once you're done shaping up, it's only right to put your pants presents in the best boxers around, the Boxers 2.0. These are serious Seriously, the best boxers I've ever worn. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BEAT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped and use code BEAT. Manscaped, get your family jewels ready for the holidays. Cohen, you know how everyone's, whenever Donald Trump makes these mistakes and he digs deeper and deeper, like that's eight dimensional chess right there. I, I want to show you what real kind of three or four dimensional chess looks like, and it's with President Biden. If you take a look at the average barrels per day of oil production right here, United States, Russian, and Saudi oil production, what you can basically see right here is what Russia and Saudi Arabia are trying to do to cause chaos and havoc and artificially suppress or they're just not doing a good job with oil production in general. But I think a lot of it is trying to limit the supply to try to create really high prices and create discord here. But look at what President Biden has been able to achieve during that time period, greatly exceeding their oil production at the kind of time period where they were starting to tank uh, their supply right there. And so you have the United States at 13.1 million barrels. By the way, if you were to compare charts like that on all of the metrics that are important and compare the United States to the rest of the world, the United States is number one in every good category, yet the Republicans want to gaslight us and say, you know who we should really love? Viktor Orban in Hungary with that 20% inflation and his overall GDP was like $180 billion, which is less. Donald? You ever hear Donald talk about Viktor Orban? Viktor Orban, the most powerful. You know, he's a well-respected Viktor Orban. Yeah. Have maybe maybe you've heard of him, Victor Orban? I mean, you know, he's one tough cookie. And you sit there and you say to yourself, I can't believe that there are legitimately Americans yes. that aren't pissing themselves. Yeah. When you listen to Trump speak about Orban, about Kim Jong-un, about Pu about Putin, I mean, you say to yourself, Okay, okay. Stupid is stupid. I get that. I really do. I get it. There are people that just, they're stupid. But this guy will tell you how smart he is. He'll tell you that he finished at the top of his class at Wharton, which we know is not true, because that you don't need to get records from the school. They listed out who was magna cum laude, summa cum laude, cum laude uh, in the Wharton class the year that he graduated. And he ain't on it, right? But he'll tell you that he finished first in his class, all right? Just another lie right there. But when you start to praise a dictator, when you start to praise somebody who is anti-democratic and you think that that should work here in the United States of America, Ben, I got to tell you, if this isn't the call for you and I to once again repeat 
to all our brigaders, make sure that you are registered to vote. You know, I was over at Bloomingdale's today. I went, you know, they have great ice. They have great yogurt that's over there at a place called 40 Carats. So I went with my wife over there. You know, I was hungry and I don't really want to eat anything. So we made a very light lunch. I went and I had 40 Carats um, yogurt. And I'm talking to these ladies that work in the candle section. You have to walk through that in order to get to the restaurant. And we were bullshitting about Trump and so on. And I said, do you mind if I ask the three of you a quick question? They're like, no, of course. What is it? I said, you registered to vote? And two of the three claimed that they were registered to vote. The third one said, not yet. And so I turned around and I said to take out your cell phone. And let's do it right now. And she did. That's what each and every one of us need to do. We need to ensure that people are registered to vote, that they are prepared to vote. And I don't care whether it's ballot or it's going to be a mail-in. It makes no difference. It is your and mine and all of our responsibility to ensure that all of our family, all of our friends, our colleagues, our neighbors, people like these three women at Bloomingdale's are registered to vote because only through them and only through our actions will we ensure that this guy never gets even close to ever seeing the inside of the White House again. And that includes an open public tour. He should never be allowed anywhere near the White House ever again. By the way, just some stats on Hungary that Donald Trump continues to praise. It's a country of 9.71 million people. So it's smaller than LA County and its annual GDP is less than the annual revenue of dozens of American companies. Yet that is what Donald Trump is praising and the MAGA Republicans praise as a beacon of success. It is Horrifying. Let me just show you some of these clips of Trump in Iowa, Michael Cohen. I'm going to show you a few and then get your reactions. So let me just go through a few of them here. Donald Trump talks about an issue which is very important to the people of Iowa and across the country, which is his golf game. Here, play the clip. And it's a very minor thing, but I'm a much better golfer than I was 10 or 15 years ago. It means something. You know, it means something in a certain way. It means something. No, it doesn't mean anything oh, yeah. here. No, no, it does. It means that you who can't afford diapers for your child, you who can't make your electric bill payment, you who can't afford rent or you can't afford to send your kid to school or whatever it might be, that's, that's negated yep. because his golf game is just getting so much better. Thank God the king's golf game is great. All hail the king. It's exactly, by the way, if you think about it, of like Marie Antoinette's famous line, let them eat cake. Here, demonstrating some serious cognitive decline, Donald Trump says one of the key things under his leadership was a rebirth in loyalty to the flag, he says. And he says, do you remember what I did with those NFL players? He says, these NFL players, 
they had a sitting problem. They were sitting. Do you remember that? I think he's referring to when players took a knee. By the way, I was representing Colin Kaepernick. It was Colin's lawyer uh, at that time when Donald Trump said, get the SOB off the field. But Donald Trump believes that the issue was a, a sitting problem. They were sitting. Play the clip. So under my leadership, we have a great rebirth of loyalty to the American farmer and to the American flag because we've lost a lot of loyalty. Remember what I did with the NFL when they had a little bit of a uh, sit down problem and uh, they were sitting down. We didn't like that. They were sitting down and we didn't like that. Here he is on the verge of slurring his words, bragging about a cognitive exam he took from six years ago. Play the clip. Be happy to hear. Our great football player is going to be happy to hear this. I took a physical and I passed with flying colors and I took a cognitive exam. I said, doctor, give me anything you want. I want to take. Give me anything you want. Give me anything you want. You know what he, you know what he truly reminds me of? He reminds me of that Will Farrell uh, movie. What is it? The uh, the candidate, something like that. Farmers and people who don't lay down on the field are the backbone of America. I mean, it's that stupid what he's saying. The fact that people aren't laughing at him, the fact that he is right now leading this group of GOP fools, I just find it comical. The fact that you can have members of Congress People who they have achieved something. They managed to bamboozle right, people from their communities into thinking that they care about them and their problems more than they care about kissing Donald's ass. But they don't. And yet they still vote for these people and they still are interested in voting for Donald Trump. I mean, let me be very clear. That's not who America is. That's not what we want for America. And it's scary. This is when we listen to this sort of rambling of a lunatic mind, we need to be scared. And as I said on television the other day, um, be afraid. Be very afraid. And I don't want this show to be a doom and gloom type show. What I want it to be is an awakening because together we are going to beat this shit down and we are going to win, not just Congress, because now you may have heard um, that they are going to be re-gerrymandering uh, the gerrymandered, uh, you know, in order to be more inclusive. Um, that'll be good for the Democrats and we'll keep the Senate. And we will take the White House. And then finally, stuff can get done. Instead of allowing, when you have the split like we have now, you have a group of idiots that are trying to appease a man of one, a man who cares nothing for this country, but only cares about retribution. And in this specific case, I'm referring to the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. I want to get into the uh, impeachment inquiry, frivolous impeachment inquiry in just a bit. But you know, one of the things I appreciate about President Joe Biden and 
think the Democratic Party pro-democracy movement in general, is that they stand on principles. And I think there was once upon a time where the Republican Party did as well. They stood on conservative principles or whatever they considered that to be. No, no more. There's nothing conservative about this modern day Republican Party at all. As I've said, I think I'm more conservative than them. I believe in conserving our democracy and our institutions. But having a series of principles and living up to those principles and not wavering is something I appreciate about President Joe Biden. Call that old school, if you will, but I call that leadership. And I think it's something that's very, very, very uh, important. And I wanted to mention that right there. I want to show you this final clip from uh, Trump's speech. Here he is, again, like uh, unwell, mixing up words and concepts, saying that special counsel Jack Smith, or as he says, they are trying to go to the Supreme Court to get a guilty plea about me. It just makes absolutely no sense what he's saying. I think what he's trying to say is that special counsel Jack Smith filed a petition with the United States Supreme Court directly to hear Trump's appeal on a direct petition, expediting it uh, even beyond the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. So it just goes directly to the Supreme Court. But here's what Trump says. Play the clip. Waited and waited and waited and then they saw I was running and they waited and then they saw I was hot and they filed lawsuits. These are very dishonest people. That's called election interference. These are very and now they're fighting like hell because they want to try and get a guilty plea from the Supreme Court of the United States, which I can't imagine because you have presidential immunity. But strange things happen, but they want to get that because that's the only way they're going to win the election. It's a very sick thing. I mean, none of them even but but play this clip too. This is Alina Haba right here. She gave an interview where she said she wants the Supreme Court to get involved. Here, play this clip. And I believe uh, someone had called on on the Supreme Court to do this exact thing. We need the Supreme Court to step in and stop this. This has become complete mayhem. Mm. And if they don't start looking at these decisions and as the highest court in this country, as the arbiter of law, the ultimate arbiter of the Constitution, the people that are supposed to enforce our bedrock, if they don't start doing it, which thank goodness they are, we, you know, have some law and order hopefully soon. Well, people. Cohen, she doesn't know the blasting game case. She's telling the Supreme Court to intervene right now and get involved. Donald Trump is saying that he doesn't want the Supreme Court to get involved. But here's the thing. Special counsel Jack Smith has filed a petition for certiorari directly with the Supreme Court to hear the issue of absolute immunity. So, Alina Haba, I assume and I'm being sarcastic here, but based on what you said, you and Donald Trump would stipulate to have the Supreme Court hear the issue on an expedited basis right now. But Cohen, you and I both know that when December 20th comes around and Donald Trump submits his brief, he's going to say this should not go before the Supreme Court. They should not adjudicate this right now. More delay, delay, delay. And it's just that constant gaslighting. It is a barrage what of lies. What the hell is he even system. talking about? That's the whole thing. If we go back and we replay Trump's statement. His statement contradicts the statement that preceded it. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever because, first of all, that's not what the Supreme Court is going to do here. They, it's What they're going to do is they're going to make a decision on the question of whether or not presidential immunity for, the, for this specific act 
is covered, you know, based upon uh, the Presidential Immunity Act. And his understanding of even what the issue is, is so lacking that it's, again, you know, you don't have to be a lawyer to understand that he has no idea what he's babbling about. It's just babble. And it's this psycho babble that's circular. It just goes round and round. But, you know, crazy things have happened, right? So he's already setting it up that when he loses, because he knows that he will lose the case, he will lose the argument, especially if Alina Haba is going to be is going to be uh, representing him before the Supreme Court of the United States. I mean, talk about funny as hell. I'm just sitting there and I'm saying to myself, what the hell are they talking about? What is, you know, first of all, forget about the fact that they contradict each other continuously. And that's not really her fault because he contradicts everybody. He'll change his position to, regardless of, um, you know, who's representing him and what the case is about. He's constantly flip-flopping on everything. But he's already setting it up that when they lose the argument, oh, I told you. I told you. You see, you can't be wrong if you say yes and no to the same question, right? He's got it covered. And that's really what Donald, that's the, that's really, I hate to say it, the brilliance of Donald's bullshit and Alina Haba. You know, there's an expression I remember from like grade school. If you can't dazzle them with your brilliance, baffle them with your bullshit. And that's what she does. She's got like five or six lines and she just repeats, oh, the Egbert case. And let's talk about, you know, uh, U.S. versus Nixon. And so they're not applicable, you idiot. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. They're not applicable. So, Alina, because I know you watched this. In fact, she approached me today and at the, uh, at the hearing and she said, oh, you've been unusually active regarding me on your social media accounts. And I turned around, I looked at her and I said, it's just started. It's, it's just the beginning. You know, I mean, this is, this is so insane. They're talking about issues and she's referring to issues that she has no idea about. I mean, the fact that she didn't know about the blessing game versus Trump decision, and yet this is the expert on presidential immunity. I don't know. That's a that's a tough one for me. I mean, that's almost like you know. I mean, that's almost like a mechanic not knowing how to fill up a gas tank. Let me play the moment where she was asked that question, and then I want to talk briefly about Giuliani and this impeachment inquiry. But let's play this clip of Alina Haba. Okay. Um, are you familiar with Blasting Game versus Trump, the D.C. Circuit case that was recent? Um, let me see if it's in my... Not off the top of my head, Your Honor. Okay. Um, I'd just be... They they got this issue before we did. And... Not off the top of my head. The main case that's uh, at issue here on presidential yeah. immunity that relates to your client in a case that you were involved in. <laughs> I mean, come on. I want to show you this clip. I got to. I got to go to. I got to go to Giuliani. Um, so 
like Donald Trump said that he was going to testify at the New York Attorney General civil fraud case on direct examination. Giuliani said that he was going to testify in the defamation case brought by Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss. Here's just one of those clips where Giuliani said that he would be testifying. Let's play this clip of Rudy. I was proven to be telling the truth and they were proven to be liars. Once again, that will happen. Uh, when I testify, we get the whole story and it will be definitively clear that what I said was true and that whatever happened to them, which is, it's unfortunate if other people overreacted, but everything I said about them is true. Do you? Okay, so that's Giuliani saying that he's going to testify. Here's him from another day at trial where he defames them again. Here, play this clip. Whatever happened to them, which is, it's unfortunate if other people overreacted, but everything I said about them is true. Do you regret what you did to Sh Ruby? Of course Freeman? I don't regret. I told the truth. They, they were engaged in changing votes. There's no proof of that. Oh, you're damn right there is. Stay tuned. And he does, so goes, stay tuned. But then he goes, everything I said is true. He does the same thing over and over again. Well, he didn't show up to testify. Surprise, surprise. And then uh, his lawyer basically had to argue in the closing that Giuliani's you know, an idiot and he's not a good person. But just remember the good things that he did around 9-11 is basically what the lawyer argued. The jury's been deliberating for about three and a half hours as of the time of this recording. Uh, they wanted to go home for the day. One of, that, one of those hours was lunch break. So they're going home. They're going to come back in the morning on Friday, and I expect there to be a large verdict there. Uh, and finally, Michael Cohen, I want to just talk about this impeachment uh, inquiry right here. Um, if you ask the MAGA Republicans what it is, what is the crime that was committed, they're unable to answer that. Never before in the history is there an impeachment inquiry just because. And even during that first hearing, uh, when there was the impeachment hearing without a formal inquiry vote, the experts that were brought in by the MAGA Republicans said that there was not enough evidence for uh, impeachment, and they all got humiliated, and then the MAGA Republicans refused to allow in any evidence. I, I just want to show you one of the scenes uh, during the time when the impeachment inquiry vote was taking place, it was all on party lines. All the Republicans, every single one of them voted in favor of an impeachment inquiry. All of the Democrats voted against an impeachment uh, inquiry. I want to show you this part, though, where Marjorie Taylor Greene tries to butt into James Comer and Jim Jordan's press conference, and then they have to shut it down immediately because she's talking about like sex trafficking conspiracies, and it just goes sideways here. Play the clip. But Chairman, that was memorialized in emails that we that you guys leaked from Hunter Biden's laptop. Thank you. I would like to have asked Hunter Biden about man act violations, sex trafficking women across the state. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Armand. See you later, Cohen. Jim Jordan. Listen, I got to give Jim Jordan a little bit of credit on that one. I think Jim Begg is actually beginning to really see the light. I think he's really seeing what's going on inside. Uh, DC there. And while he has not 
let's just say gone to the same extent that someone like a Mitt Romney or Liz Cheney or Adam Kinzinger by far, I think what he did there is realizing that she's just batshit crazy and all it's going to do is to put him further behind the ball for this fraudulent and just vindictive impeachment inquiry that they started and that they voted on. It is an absolute disgrace to be using the power that you have been given. You don't own that power. You've been given that power by we, we the people. But they take it, they abuse it, and in all fairness, it's basically meant to distract the American people from the crimes that Donald Trump, the 91 charges that he is being alleged to have committed, and to try to hurt him for the 2024 election, all at the direction of, for the benefit of, one man, the guy who wants to be king, Voldemort, the man whose name shall not be mentioned. I want to thank everybody for watching this episode of Political Beatdown. I want to remind you that here at the Midas Touch Network, we are not funded by outside investors. The way we grow this thing is through our pro-democracy sponsors, those fun emojis you see at the bottom. But here, our patreon.com slash political beatdown. We started off this week with a very special Zoom meeting where everybody got to meet Michael Cohen on our exclusive Zoom meeting. We answered all of the questions that were asked, patreon.com slash political beatdown. You can DM Michael Cohen on it. Uh, we post exclusive after show podcasts on patreon.com slash political beatdown. We're going to be doing an after show right now. And I want to talk more about Alina Haba and her inability to know what blasting game was and why that's well, nothing, so nothing for nothing, because it is now around the time that we bring this political beat down to the hour long end. I haven't given anybody the two fingers salute, but Alina, since you decided that yourself, that I have been unusually um, hard on you and that I have um, been somewhat overactive on my social media, um, making statements about you and the things that you're doing. Um, I would like Rudy Giuliani like to say, I'm sorry, but since of course I haven't done anything wrong, I do need to, of course, add to these um, so-called you know, representations to you and give you today the two-finger salute for being an idiot, for turning around and saying bullshit uh, to the court in regard to this case, to sitting there and going on your social media platforms, going uh, before different groups with Donald and deciding you want to talk about me uh, and so on. You know, as they like to say in Texas and so on, right? You don't get into the corral if you're afraid to get stuck by the bull. It's just that simple. So Alina, seriously, fuck you. You're an idiot. It's time to turn around and do yourself and do Donald a favor. I know I shouldn't be giving Donald any advice, but the best advice is why don't you just go back and run the super PAC? I mean, that's probably what you're best at. Uh, because certainly your performance today 
before the Second Circuit, if that is any indication of your capabilities as a lawyer, um, well, it's good for the rest of us. Let me say that. So you know what? I take it all back. You should. I still don't take that back, but keep representing him because yeah, you're really. doing you're doing America a major, major service. Yeah, you're in a true fact, patriot. Major service. We should put up a statue <laughs> in. We should put up a statue in Central Park for your service. Alina, you are a patriot. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep representing Donald Trump. Do not let anybody discourage you to leave the legal team. Right, Just the filing briefs. Keep on waiving uh, legal defenses. Just, just keep it, keep it going. Getting to file certain boxes <laughs> for juries and so on. You're the best. Keep, keep, keep on going. You and the, the Second Circuit recently held that she, that she or Trump's lawyers waived a presidential immunity affirmative defense in the E. Jean Carroll case by not asserting it for three years. So look, just keep doing what you're doing. Right. Go to those wacko rallies that Trump holds, and you, you could run around on stage and claim that you're winning the cases. What, whatever you want to do, stay, <laughs> stay. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Cohen. Thank you all for watching. We're gonna do our after show on Patreon.com slash political beatdown. Thank you all so much. Shout out to the Midas Mighty.